Guys, we're in a series called Reset. And the video sets it up with some good old-fashioned classic 80s video games. Uh, but the idea behind Reset is, is that we would reset all that we know about following Jesus. That we would just take a minute and start over. Don't you need that in life as in a lot of times? There are so many moments in my life where I just wish I could take that old Nintendo Super Mario Brother cartridge out, blow some fresh air into it, put it right back in, and we'd be back in business, baby. Anybody remember that? I had the old Nintendo on the stage last week. I decided not to bring it for time's sake today. But we had Super Mario, I had the classic Nintendo, and we all know the, the blinking light, and you've got to take the game out, you've got to blow air into it, stick it back in, hit reset, and, and away you go. And so is life on so many aspects of how we live our day-to-day life, our interactions, our relationship with Jesus, how we follow him, your relationship with your church. I mean, let's be honest, people have experienced some jacked up stuff when it comes to church. Some of us just need to hit reset in our day-to-day pursuit of God. Reading your Bible, learning to pray again. The amount of times I have interactions with people, sometimes even myself, where you realize, you know what, I've just been slipping in this area, and I'm... My relationship with Jesus, I'm still Christian, but the intimacy that I desire, it's just not, it's just not there like I, I wanted it to be. And so you've got to hit reset and just start over. And so that's what we're doing today. Last week we talked about following God and it all starts with Jesus. It begins with Jesus, it ends with Jesus, and everything in between is Jesus. But there are a couple other things that I want to throw in here. Before we wrap Sunday, break this down and go grill some hot dogs and burgers at the park behind us. And if you're a guest here today, please come. I mean that. I know being here for your first time, this can feel awkward going to a cookout with a bunch of people you don't know. But let me help you out. We have you covered when it comes to food. We have more hot dogs and burgers than we know what to do with. Praise God. So come on over. It's literally the park right behind us. But we put the cookout today for an important reason. Because we're talking about relationships today. We're talking about community. And if there's anything that people want but don't have, it's actually healthy, strong, good relationships. And if there's any place we need to hit reset on a couple things, it's right here. With me this morning? Let's do this. Turn to Matthew chapter 4. Now, we're talking a little bit, you know, reset makes you think of video games or bumper has video games in it. There were things when you played Super Mario. Raise your hand if you've played Super Mario 1. Okay, thank you. What made you invincible? The star and the classic music that went with it. Come on. What made you big? The mushroom, all right? What gave you firepower? The flower, flower power, that's right. Now, we are not searching for stars 
today. We're not searching for flowers today. We're not searching for mushrooms today. I hope you're not looking for mushrooms today. That's a whole other message. But understand that there are things in your relationship with God that sometimes we miss out on. As, as we're talking about resetting and starting over and how we follow Jesus, there are things that can make you stronger, things that can so to, give you a, a, a power-up, so to speak, that oftentimes we just don't care about or we miss or we forget. And so the next couple weeks, we're talking about what it looks like to follow Jesus and what some of those power-ups are that you and I need that our culture will say you don't. Matthew 4, 18 and 19. 18 through 22, excuse me. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Okay, Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. His ministry is just beginning, and he finds two guys Peter and Andrew, and he asks them to follow him. And then just a few moments later, he sees James and John and asks them to follow him. And then probably a day, maybe a week later, we get to to Levi, who I spoke of last week, also known as Matthew, and and Jesus invites him to follow him. And, And so we have Peter, Andrew, James, John, Levi... And every other Christian, including you and me, all coming after this point in history. And while it's not in the text, I want you to hear this with crystal clarity this morning. No one has ever followed Jesus alone. Nobody has. The very first person that was invited to follow Jesus, was invited to follow with his friend, Andrew. And in moments later, we have James and John joining the party. No one ever followed Jesus by themselves. They didn't do it. It's never happened unless we have just been bound and determined to be the Christian that exists in the privacy of our home, that prays fervently for the nations by ourselves. Which doesn't happen, by the way. We cannot truly say that we're following Jesus if we are bound and determined to follow him alone. We can't, we can't say we're really following him. Because you are running counter to everything in scripture when it, when it comes to following God. You have the people of God in the Old Testament, Israel, You have the church being formed in the New Testament, the apostles, the disciples, and it all existed around relationship with God, relationship with each other, and relationship with unbelievers. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to have relationship with all three. 
And the church, we have done a great job, have we not? You've got the God part down, and you spend all of your time with unbelievers. And so what ends up happening? It's your cue. You yeah, it's exactly right. You live like an unbeliever. You live like somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Thank you from the guest in the front row. Or you have the Christian who follows God and spends 100% of their time with just Christians. And so they speak like King James. And no one knows what they even speak about. Thou art and everything in between. You know what I mean. You just become, you become unrelatable to anyone who doesn't know Jesus. You must have, I must have relationship with God, a vital, saving relationship with him, and then also have vital, life-giving relationships with people that love Jesus and people that don't. way off my notes today. So here's what I want to do. Today I'm talking specifically about relationships with each other, the church. The power of walking with one another. I'm going to give you three quick things, and I'm not going to unpack them a whole lot. We've got a cookout to get to, um, but it's also simple. It's not difficult to understand. It's not rocket science. Turn, turn to the book of 1 Peter. The first guy that was called to follow Jesus has something to say to you and I. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, this is, this is really great imagery for you and I. You have an enemy who hates your guts. The devil. And all of his minions that work with him and however that works. We don't have a great blueprint of how it all happens, but understand that Sometimes there's resistance in your life, and the devil is a champion of it, and the imagery that is attached to him is like a, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know how a lion attacks? Well, they do. They hide. They're sneaky. They, 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 most of the time, not all the time, most of the time they wait till the cover of darkness, which is when they're most active, and they sneak, and they hunt their prey, and they begin to move silently through the tall grass, and if you've ever seen the National Geographic, sometimes it's fascinating to watch it. A little gruesome if you've got little ones. Sometimes it can be sad, but it is amazing to watch a lion do its thing, but interestingly enough, how a lion attacks is they wait 
for the one who isn't paying attention and wanders away from the pack. You have an enemy who, like a roaring lion, is looking to devour you. He is looking to knock you down. And one of the ways he does it is by waiting for you to not care enough about being around other people who follow Jesus. When you just don't care, when you just don't value it, and you just begin to kind of live your own life, doing your own thing, bam! The devil is waiting for you. And this morning as we talk about power-ups and things like resetting how you follow Jesus, let me help you out today. You need to value following Jesus with other people who follow Jesus. It's really important. I'm not saying, although I wish you, I I would love for you to be here every Sunday because I think there's value in it. I'm not going to tell you that God is in heaven just completely displeased with you because you missed a Sunday service. I can't do that. Sometimes I want to, but I can't. That's not really in scripture, okay? But understand, you should be walking closely with other people that follow Jesus. They need to know you. You need to know them. There's power in it. There's value in it. Following Jesus with other people who follow Jesus provides protection. And we don't like to use those kinds of words because it makes us sound weak. And especially as Americans, the thought of of presenting myself as weak is one of the worst things I could do. Well, I have bad news for you today. You are weak, and so am I. My flesh is weak, and I need the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of walking with other believers to give me strength. There's protection in it. So what am I saying? Don't follow Jesus alone. You gotta, you gotta, we've got to value getting together and having community and worshiping together. First Peter 5, back to the same verse. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. I'm going to hurt you right now. Everybody's going through something. Everybody is going through something. And one of the biggest lies that you and I believe is that nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody gets it. My problems are so much bigger than everybody else's problems. And we have that Eeyore spirit, don't you, where it's just can't find my tail again, Winnie the Pooh. And, 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 and no one can possibly grasp the gravity of your life and the situations you're in. Guess what? 
Yes, they can. First of all, Jesus can. But second of all, Scripture says that there are believers all over the world who are suffering just like you. And if that means that there are people suffering just like you now, doesn't it make sense that there might be some people who suffered like you yesterday or the day before or last year? Wouldn't that inspire you to go and speak and talk to other people who have been there and done that and come out victorious? Wouldn't we as a Christian community, as a collective of people, say, gosh, God, thank you for putting me in your church that we might be able to draw from each other's strengths, their pains, their sufferings, and grow from it. And grow through it. My, I'm going I'm to blow your minds right now. When Amy and I had our first child, Graham, we didn't know what we were doing. Mind blown, right? We have about a bajillion new parents in our church right now. And about a bajillion new parents on the way in our church right now. And every one of you, it doesn't matter what you've read, it doesn't matter that you talk to your mom and dad, you will have no idea what you are doing the second you have a child in your hands. Any parent will tell you, I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never even changed a diaper in my life before Graham entered the scene. It's hard. <laughs> Not changing the diaper. <laughs> Although, that can be hard as well. Uh, let's... That was awesome. Being a parent is hard. It's hard work. And this is the the illustration I want to paint for you. Is one of the ways you grow as a parent is by talking to other moms and dads who have just maybe left that, that season that you're currently in. Man, how did you do that? How did you survive? Like, why are they crying? Can you help me with that? Why, is, is this rash normal? You know, is this normal? Is everything you want to know is, is this normal? Is this how it's supposed to be? Most of the time, the answer is yes. But one of the ways that you walk that out, practically speaking, and walk out peace in your life is by gleaming from the wisdom of other people who have been where you were and are no longer there. See, following Jesus with other people who follow Jesus provides you with great wisdom. And oftentimes, we just don't seem to care. Look at this passage in Proverbs. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. If you are bound and determined to follow Jesus by yourself, you are rejecting wisdom and living like a fool. You're living like a fool does. I thought parenting a baby was hard until we got to the stage where we had to start disciplining our kids. 
And then, and then you're, you're praying. You're asking God for wisdom. You're wondering, do I, do I discipline for this? Is it too early? Am I going to ruin my child's life? You know, do I spank? Do I not? Do, what, what do I, how do I do this? And one of the reasons Amy and I have grown, and I think we've done a pretty decent job so far with four children. They're alive, which is a win, okay, is that we have sat with other parents, and we looked at the fruit of their children, and we said they clearly knew what they were doing. They did a great job. Teach me. Would you show me how... You did that? Rather than just trying to reinvent the wheel every single time, why not build on the foundation of, of the other saints in your life, the other believers, the church? You with me? I don't know if you are. See, your church, following Jesus with other people who follow Jesus, it provides protection. It provides wisdom. And the last thing that I'm going to tell you, because I'm running out of time. I got long-winded. Surprise. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I was with a family recently who had a young boy who didn't know me very well he was a little shy and a little nervous to be around me a little scared and if you know me there's I love that three four five year old age it just it just pulls on my heartstrings and I was not gonna have this child being nervous around me no way And so I, I got down on his level and I said, hey, buddy. I don't know if anybody's told you this today, but you are so strong. Look at your muscles. I bet you can whoop all the bad guys. I mean, I bet you're stronger than your daddy over there. And all of a sudden, this little kid is... That's right. And before the night was over, this little boy, I mean, I was just pumping air in his tires. I was just talking about how strong he was. And by the end of the night, I was his best friend. And you want to know why, church? Because I was doing the very thing that Hebrews tells us to do, and that's encourage one another. The root word being courage if there's anything I need outside of salvation on a day to day basis it is courage and where else am I going to get it if not from you if not from God
if not from my spouse, I need people to look at me and say, you're strong. Man, God has something great for you. Don't quit, Andy. Don't give up. Persevere. Push. Pray. God has greatness for you. A great plan for you. Hope for you. A destiny for you. You are strong. You are strong. And you know what that does? It gives me courage to face the day. It gives me courage to trust God even when I don't feel like it. gives me courage and that's what we should do for one another if we truly value following Jesus then we value following Jesus with other people who follow Jesus and the benefit of that is that you have protection in being with the church you have wisdom from being around one another and you receive courage Because that's what we get to do for one another.